0: back to the shed episode 80 is coming at you it's a jet powered miracle 80 80 that's even older than we are more than our ages we've got a bunch of stuff on the list for you today hopefully it's going to be fun I don't even have to say hopefully it's definitely going to be fun so keep doing whatever you're doing while we're in the back of your mind while you're listening to us as a side thing while you're doing that enjoy the podcast here we go RJ, there's a thing on here. Nobody has owned this on our list. It's a late breaking entry on our list of things to talk about. And it's just simply elevators. Is this you?
1: Yeah, I I found myself, you know, going on one of my YouTube spirals. Oh, rabbit hole. And at some point in the past, I watched experts showing how to pick all kinds of different locks. (laughs) And of course, once you watch a video, then for the rest of your life, YouTube feels like you must be into... And this was uh, by a couple elevator specialists. One was a repair person, like a really knowledgeable elevator repair person. The other was a person who specializes in penetration testing. Penetration testing is the jargon used by people who break into places. They get hired to break into a company. Yeah. And so he's talking about the elevator as being a vector. Uh Ah. A way in. Right, right. Okay, so. So then we don't need
0: to warn our listeners that are already uncomfortable in elevators that we're going to discuss all their safety, fragility or anything like that. Right. We're not going to be talking about plunging to our
1: deaths or anything. No, we're not going to talk about plunging to our deaths. We're going to be talking about going up to your death because they have, they have a counterweight, right? And apparently the biggest danger isn't falling. It's actually shooting up to the ceiling.
2: Because the counterweight. Let's go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And comes
0: down. No, no. Because the, so that means the counterweight always weighs more than a fully loaded elevator. Should. Has to. Has to.
1: Yeah, that's right. So. It has to, it has to be able to handle the fully loaded elevator. So if there's just one or two of you in the elevator, it's way heavier than the elevator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if the brakes fail, Mm -hmm. and and by the way, this never happens. (laughs) Almost never happens. Like. (laughs) There are 11 billion annual elevator trips in the U S 24 injuries, none of which were fatal. Yeah. I think
0: the last fatalities when a B 24 crashed into the empire state building in world war two.
1: And 20- I'm, I'm not
0: kidding. It's it's something like that. It's.
1: And then the 24 injuries, these are not including repair people. Ah. Now, their problem rate is a little bit higher because they're overriding all the safety stuff.
0: they're perched on cross members trying to pull out motors and stuff like that.
1: There's a photo of a guy sitting on the platform outside the elevator, the normal floor, and then there's that gap between that and the elevator car floor. Yeah. And then his legs kind of just go between like the gaps, like only an inch and a half, maybe. Yeah. And apparently he made it through. He didn't, he didn't have broken legs. He survived it, but it's a pretty cool photo. Maybe I'll put it on the Mm site. Sorry. Are you going to talk
0: about fatalities? I don't want to screw you up here.
1: Zero fatalities. So. in, 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 in the last year, I guess. Yeah. 24 injuries. Yeah. Definitely around the same level of risk as the coronavirus I'd say
2: <laughs> full circle
0: that one's yeah. ended on the floor <laughs> because well because the elevator risk is way lower like it's 11 billion trips and I uh, honest to god I for some reason this came up for me somewhere in the last 20 years and I I don't know for a hundred percent but among the the only fatalities that have occurred as a result of elevator failure were in the empire state building a b-24 literally crashed into the side of the empire state building in 1945 and severed the cables oh and the car okay. had three people in and it dropped the whole distance it and dropped they, they were killed okay but that's kind of the level of thing that has to happen to make an elevator fail catastrophically completely like labs yeah
1: and I picked up a few things along the way. It's a two hour and 25 minute video. <laughs> you watch that? No, I kind of stopped after about 40 minutes. So I didn't get the the part that they really want to present is how do you break into a building using the elevator? Yeah. And of course, the point is to show building managers how to prevent yeah. break-ins using the elevator. But I mean, the basic idea is the, you've seen the fire kind of switches yeah. in the elevators there's all kinds of modes that elevators can be programmed into. There's a control panel that you never see. It's not there in the elevator. It's remote, but there's executive mode. And that basically. Go
0: right to the top without stopping.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it basically, okay. Say the executives on the 48th floor and there's already people in the elevator. It does an announcement. It takes them to the nearest floor and it does an announcement. Say you must depart the elevator now. And it kind of doesn't explain And then they all get off and it heads up, picks up the executive. There's a stolen baby mode in hospitals. If a baby gets stolen, apparently it's a big, it's a, it's not a big, but it's a real risk because babies do get stolen. It basically stops the elevator from going. It, I think it sends the elevator to the floor where all the security people are waiting. Like if there's a bank of five elevators in a big hospital, they all go to the same floor and they all open their doors at the same time or but it,
2: but it's controlled by?
1: This control panel. You just flip on stolen baby mode.
2: Which is at the nurse's desk or something?
1: Or? I think the control panel might be in a special room at the bottom of the elevator or something. I'm, I guess that could be anywhere, couldn't it?
2: Well, if you're talking stolen baby mode, like as soon it, as somebody.
1: It could be at the head nurse's desk. It doesn't desk. take
2: very long to go up and down an elevator if you got a baby. Like somebody would have to have that pretty close at hand.
1: True, true. I'm just. I don't know. There's code blue mode at uh, hospitals as well. There's, um, riot mode in big cities. So riot mode, the elevators stay working perfectly well. People in the building keep their business day continues, but it will never go to the lobby because the rioters are down there. Right. Uh, (laughs) And so it's kind of like, isn't it fascinating? Like, and well, I'm, I'm sure you don't always get all these modes this is what when you I was buy an ver- elevator. That's, it's, the next it's thing situational. Situational.
0: that's the next thing I was going to ask is they must have, you know, the platinum level elevator that just does everything. But the one that's in your four floor apartment building, does it have, what does it have? Like, does it have any of this stuff? Well, it
1: has to have the fire mode. But that's a key in the elevator. Right? Yeah, there's two. There's one outside the elevator, if you notice, and then there's one inside the elevator. Yeah and they both behave a little bit differently but the one inside the elevator you basically as soon as you turn it into fire mode you're going wherever you want to like oh, you you have it's the it's not key. stopping anywhere yeah it doesn't matter who called it yeah yeah um it's just going I didn't be, know that's what that um, even did that's yeah it's kind of cool yeah yeah and i'm not sure like there's a few different anyway there's <laughs> it goes on and on well it makes you think I, back uh, over
0: your like rich and i have spent a lot of time in office buildings right uh, with various flavors of elevator and flavors of people riding them. And you kind of think, well, like, you know, at the ICBC head office building, what was built into that one? I wonder, cause yeah. you'd see the executive on those elevators and mm-hmm. maybe they just didn't use the mode because they were people of the people
1: or maybe. Yeah, sure. They were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were just like the guys in succession. <laughs> <laughs> That's another topic, you know. <laughs> Uh, the divorce rate in China is driving the elevator market. The divorce rate in China is up to twenty-seven percent. I think it, historically it's been very, very low, but all of a sudden, with uh, the newfound, you know, economic prosperity comes, and because there's high divorce rate in China now, people go live in their own apartments. All the apartments there are in high rises. The elevator business is doing great. Interesting. Holy interesting.
0: <sighs> <And> So, so wait, 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 I gotta, that's a lot. I'm trying to digest that mentally. That must mean that the high rise business is booming in China too. The single family, the single person dwelling business is booming. Construction. Yeah. Construction in general is booming. Yeah. Wow. So the elevator business is also booming. Okay. I think I'm caught up. I think.
1: These are a few little factoids I wrote down on this sheet of paper and that's all I got. That's lovely though. That's excellent stuff.
0: Excellent. I had no idea. It makes me wonder like, cause you know, you've all been in buildings where it didn't work or, or you've been in one where it's a hydraulic elevator and it is just so slow. Yes. The hydraulic elevators, they don't have cables. You want to bring food in there with you because it's going to be 20 minutes before you get up to the third floor of the mall, you know? All the ones in malls, they're, they're generally hydraulic.
2: Oh, like on a big pole? Yeah, there's like
0: just a giant piston underneath there. You know? Oh.
2: Yep. Um, and yep. it takes
0: for freaking ever
2: to go. I mean, we also did all the, you know, the double doors at Comenco and stuff, right? To pull down the double oh, doors. Oh, those kinds, the, yeah. the, the Freight, and freight and elevators, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wonder what, and but typically
0: the, that, that the penetration assessment wouldn't be done Nobody wants to penetrate a lead refinery. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> right. Nobody's going in there to, let's get some of that roaster dust.
1: <laughs> and then there were the man lifts at the oh, for right, Ford and Coal. So. They had those at Kaminko in the roasters. Those things are terrifying. Well, for our listeners, it's just basically these steps that, it can, it, that continually go up. A conveyor on, belt. Yeah, it's a conveyor a belt. belt
0: with steps. And yeah. so
1: you just see it coming and you step onto it. And now it's carrying you upwards, directly upwards. Yes. And it's
2: not stopping. You get on, you get off. Yeah, it yes, keeps right. going.
1: Don't go over the top. Don't I'd don't like lean your the...
0: head back to look as you approach the floor you're about to come up to. Oh, because there's only a small hole. There's <laughs> a yeah, small yeah. hole you got to pass oh, through. You kind of want to hug oh, in tight to that I wonder what belt. the injury
2: rate is on on man lifts around the world. It's Jeez. it's pretty
0: high, I think. Because those, yeah. ones, those ones at Kaminko and the Roasters, they had a lot of signs on them. There's a lot of signs. Pinch point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I used to not like, I took them and you act cool, you know, you step off like it'll be, but you wanted to be, you wanted to be on the job with those things because if you're not, you come up to your floor and all of a sudden you're four feet in the air when you step off. And if you miss when you step off, what are you going to get one leg down through the hole at the next human platform is just about to come up through (laughs) and oh, just all kinds of nasty (laughs) nightmare scenarios going through your head, you know, like. I'm sure there was a cutoff switch someplace way up there. Oh,
2: I think there's a there's a cable that runs the whole thing oh, that you can grab just maybe a that's little. What it was. I'm pretty sure. If yeah, I like I said,
0: correctly. I use that. See, that's a thing. Getting an elevator, whatever. But those stupid man lifts—that's the kind of thing. That's why you have Cominko dreams for ten years after you leave there. <laughs> it's PTSD from things like those man lifts. And inhaling roaster dust and wondering what else is mixed in with it and
1: getting on. tested for lead, <laughs> getting,
0: uh. finding your joints swelling because you're leaded. I
1: didn't know back then. You always talked about leaded and you know, the health, I didn't realize it makes you a dumber too. I like didn't it lowers know that. IQ for sure. Yeah. And that, 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 that's why it's such a big thing to be careful with children.
0: I did not know
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play like, I do remember being smarter before I started working at (laughs) Kaminko. I was definitely, if
0: I hadn't gone to work for Kaminko, I would have been ruling the world by now. Elon would be worshiping me instead of the other way around. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, playing hockey with the local team there in Rossland, we routinely had older players because the age limit was you had to be 20 as of January 10th to be in the league. So you had guys that were out of high school a couple of years working at Kaminko And we would routinely lose players because they were leaded and they had to stay home (laughs) and rest. <laughs> so once wow. so was out of the lineup for five weeks, cause he's got to stay home, he got leaded. Just know? amazing. And you just say it like that. He got leaded, like something just happened to him and mm. yeah, holy dinah. You think about it too, all the kids that we grew up with in that town, whose dads primarily were working in plants and not showering. And even if they showered, they're bringing their lunch bucket home, lunch bucket's got dust on it. It's going right into the kitchen where food prep is done, Right. all that kind of stuff eh? and 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 then if you really want to get morbid, you start reflecting on the number of people you knew who died of cancer when we were kids. And you start thinking, I can think of three or four right off the top of my head without even trying 50 years later. I wonder if that's higher or lower than
1: average rates. Well, and Northport has a huge cancer rate, right? I don't know. They're downstream from Comenco. Yeah. Like
0: I wouldn't be surprised. They do. And so you start thinking about stuff like that. And
2: I don't remember cancer rates in, in Rossland. Yeah, I don't remember them either. Oh, kids. You're right, yeah. you're right, you're right.
0: Young yeah. deaths, like yeah. not in, not even out of high school deaths. Yeah.
2: Right?
0: It was awful. Huh. Like I say, right away, without even trying, I can remember guys that, Yeah, and you sort of think, is that higher or lower or what's the deal? I, I really don't know, but I kind of suspect it's higher. And I kind of suspect it has something to do with proximity to the products of Cominco, probably.
1: We've just been off mic for a minute <laughs> and PJ listed four or five people just immediately off the top of his head that had cancer in high school.
0: Yeah, in a, in a high school where the graduating class was less than 50, the total population of the high school was less than 400. I believe it was 350 for most of the time we were there. And then you can think of... You know, three or four fatalities from cancer in a population. That is really size. high, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I think it is, but I don't really know. Yeah, because cancer is a something you think of that happens to people, you know, thirty, forty, and up. Yeah, sort of thing. yeah. Well, later as it
0: has a chance to cook for a few decades. Thing I've thought about more than once, though. Two out of three in the room here have had it. Is that because of our Caminco heritage? I don't know. Uh, I like the elevator piece, though, RJ. That was good. Oh, thank you. Here I put you a, lot, a lot of preparation into that. I will say that I had stuff on my own personal list that I didn't move up. Ansel Keys is still pending. I'm telling you guys. What's that? Ansel Keys was the head of the Food and Drug Administration in the late 50s in the United States. All right. And uh, he was the guy who was responsible for the founding, I believe, of the American Medical Association. He was the guy who was at the helm when it became widely accepted that fat was really bad for you.
1: Now we did cover this in the last Mm -hmm. session.
0: And the question I think we may not have covered is whether Ansel Keys was evil or like did he accept a truckload of money from Big Sugar or did he actually believe that fat was actually bad for you and it was really the AMA who accepted a truckload of money from Big Sugar to turn around and say, fat's super bad for you, sugar no problem and thus kicking off decades
2: of obesity in at least the what United did States. you find out skinny
0: well it's just a question mark i haven't found anything else out oh. but the fact that it is a question because ansel keys was vilified for a long time as the sort of doctor evil of mm. everything and there's there's come questions as to how much he knew and when he knew it and mm. whether he was
1: manipulated
0: and the AMA, is same thing. The AMA was co-opted pretty early on by industry in terms of.
1: Weren't there some like pseudo studies done? Yeah. And so the AMA, so we'll never know, will we?
0: No, not really. And, but I just think it's worth, again, wh- part of my long-standing campaign of doubting every institution that ever formed my basis of understanding the world. That's another one. Like it used to be when I was a kid, if there was a guy in a white coat, you believe what the guy said because he was a doctor and they were to be trusted. And turns out for our whole lives, doctors have been owned and operated by big businesses, whether they know it themselves or not. Rich is <laughs> shaking his head.
1: A little bit over the yeah, top. Yeah, it is a bit over the top. But there's just... My doctor in North End's number one. <laughs> one. Yeah. And I love him. You know why? It's because he's paying
0: somebody to manipulate social media. That's yeah.
1: What that's that's <laughs> what it was. It's a strategy. Strategy. Yeah. And he's just friendly to me for the wrong reasons.
0: No, I, of course it is. That is terribly overstated. There's tons of doctors who really take the advice they receive from drug companies with a big fat ladle of salt.
1: I love watching the doctors from the sixties on TV shows like mad men when they're they're smoking cigarettes and talking to the pregnant women.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they're saying that this brand of cigarettes is way better for you than this other brand, you know, like, Oh my God. Uh, but Yeah. That, that, that thing, I guess I'll just take that off my list now because I have not learned anything new about Ansel Keys in months and months. Well, here's a question for you, RJ. You and I discussed this the other day and it's another thing that I did look into briefly. It's not just, it's a question for everybody, for our listeners. And I think, I don't know if we've talked about it before or not on the podcast. We've talked about it offline a couple of times and it's why do dogs eat grass? So in the room here, Now, to be fair, RJ and I just talked about this the other day. We were walking those two dogs that I walk all the time and discussed this a little bit. So we'll start with you, KJ, if you don't mind. Why do dogs eat grass? Do you know? What do you think?
2: Well, I think that it was sort of general knowledge that they were sick and they're doing it uh, to make themselves better somehow. But Daisy was pretty regular about grass. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. it's sweet I mean if you if you ever chew on a the end of a piece of grass that's that little soft bit that you pull up, yeah you know? I mean they're they're not eating that, but I assume that it must be sweet to them. I don't know if it's good for roughage if they wanna if they have a natural inclination to clean themselves out. I don't know yeah Tell I, us.
0: I don't know well that that's the point of this segment is that it appears to be something that nobody's really entirely sure of.
1: Well, hang I, on, so the question must be. Evolution-wise, why do they <laughs> eat grass, or how does grass benefit? Them? Yeah, like what's the purpose? Because the reason they eat it is because it tastes good to them, right? Yeah, but why does it taste good to them? Why do they eat it? Like what what does it benefit to them from an evolution, or a digestion, or a medical, point or just of view? anything? Like really? So I mean, they like
0: it. For example, you could pause it. That I don't know about you, but I bet I'd get pretty sick of kibble if that's all I ate every day. Yeah, if all I ate exclusively was just dry dog food.
1: Well, Tuke waits until the evening and then he finally starts and he eats his whole, whole yeah. dose. But you know, he holds out for treats and whatnot other times <laughs> and it's understandable. Absolutely. I agree yeah. with you, but, but yeah, but that's hard to believe that. That's but it's why like animals do. don't know that they actually could be better. Right. And they go, okay, it's time to eat my kibble. Yeah. But yeah. And then, you know, there's sort of a
0: subsidiary question is, are you guys familiar with dogs that didn't ever eat grass?
2: have Does Tuke eat grass?
1: Yeah. And there's a particular area at Malvern Park where any dog that goes by it just starts eating the grass because it's, it must be particularly tasty, like a really good strain, right? That's interesting. Because it's the same
0: with the guys. Boo in particular eats grass, Cashi not so much, and he always
1: eats it at the same places. Well, it's high in fiber, right? Yeah. So it passes through. Sometimes you can see the blades get passed through, but I think it probably gets ground down a little bit inside the system. Yeah. And probably age, AIDS and uh, certainly would make you more regular, right? Well, but so when I when I looked into it, because I did Google it and I
0: spent some time, I didn't do any, I did my usual really half-baked, careless, lackadaisical approach to research, which always gives me the best results. And the two main schools seem to be, they wanted to make themselves throw up to get something out of their guts that was disagreeing with them
1: and or. Which is what KJ was alluding to in his first answer. Yep.
0: Or they want more roughage because they're a little constipated and they just want the, their downstream processing to move a little bit more.
1: This is kind of, the way you're wording it is so weird. Like dogs are not, dogs are not thinking. Yeah, no, 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 no. They're not, don't, don't misunderstand.
0: So I, I better be clear. You're right. (laughs) The way I did that. They're not thinking this. This is again, they're just thinking. From an
1: evolutionary standpoint.
0: I want to eat some grass. I don't know why. I don't need to know why. I just want to eat grass. Why do they want to eat grass? Mm -hmm. And the two popular theories are they want to make themselves throw up and, or they want to have roughage in their digestive systems. Mm -hmm. So, but it's not a conscious, they don't Mm -hmm. just think, I can't wait to get out. You know, I'm kind of bored with kibble. I'd like some grass. They don't think like that. Right. But in truth, as far as I could make out from Googling and looking at a bunch of veterinarians pages and stuff, nobody really actually knows why they do it. They just do it.
2: And your your dogs don't sort of throw up willy-nilly after eating grass, do they? Yeah,
1: About half the time. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're chihuahuas though yeah. and the blade of grass size doesn't change, does it? <laughs> like it's just as wide. Yeah. But yeah. too, yeah. hardly ever. He does occasionally, you'll see him throw up in a little piece of grass in there. Yeah. But that's not very common.
0: No, I mean, it's about 50-50. Mm-hmm. They'll eat it and nothing happens or they'll eat it and they'll throw up a bunch of foam later on. Yeah. They don't care either either. Uh, no, they absolutely don't care. They just don't care.
1: But the foam makes you think maybe their guts were upset in the first place. Like, I don't know why. But th- that foam is there even without grass. Yeah. Like two gobbles water in this one pool. He just gets in there and just, he eats the water. right? <laughs> and then he gets out and sometimes he does. just, I just and, that. and it's just slime, right? Yeah. I just love Tuke. He's really a dog. I really like that dog. No, I, but
0: it's just a funny thing. Because eh? if you look at the comments that are posted around it on various discussion boards, people are pretty adamant that they know they absolutely know for sure. And in fact, I I guess that's a common trait in any social media, but (laughs) it's a common trait in people. Yeah. But, uh, in fact, science doesn't seem to know why the hell they do it, Yeah, which is just fun. It was a fun, it was a revelation to me because I thought I was going to settle the argument by looking it up. Right. And no, it's just, (laughs) there's just a void. We can put a man in the moon. Yeah, sure but figure out why dogs eat grass. Nope. It's out of reach out of reach.
1: Scientists are starting to catching up on the emotion angle though. Eh? Like 20 years ago, maybe 30, 20, I'd say uh, any scientist asked had to responsibly say, there's no proof that dogs are happy when they see you. Oh yeah. You cannot yeah. prove that. Or that they you are think. anthropomorphizing. Yes. And that is a crime or that they think, but recently they're, I don't know what kind of research they've done and how they they're saying yeah it's very clear dogs do have emotions they, well what they do can, yeah what Go they've ahead. done is
0: they've hooked up sensors to their little brains and they've <laughs> are they little brains yeah they're they walnut case sized of chihuahuas. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> walnut sized no they they hook up sensors to their brains so they can see which areas of the brain are stimulated or activated by various things then they do things that they know give the dog pleasure. And they see which areas of the brain light up. And then they watch those same area of the brains when the owner comes into the room. And if they light up, they say, Well, he's experiencing pleasure, no doubt about that.
1: And you know, I don't want to denigrate science. I'm a big believer in science, but it's like only then can they say that dogs are happy when they see you.
0: Yeah, no, it's really hard. Like, much though I go on about general ignorance and everything, forever in everybody's life it's just been obvious that animals experience pleasure and they have emotions. And yet we've all been cowed by guys in white coats into believing. I can clearly remember in grade seven, Mr. Haywood's class, wherever he is, he's declared animals cannot think. Everybody knows they can't think. Everything they do is driven by instinct. And I think it was Kim from Rossland. Yes. She she objected. She, she was the only person in the class who had the guts to object. And she just said, my cat thinks my cat definitely thinks there's no question about it and he just shouted her down and shut her down and we all moved on but i would venture to say if there was 25 kids in that class 24 and a half of them believe every pet they ever knew or thought and now they're finally getting around to yeah actually they they do think they draw conclusions you know they're pretty rudimentary but they do think about stuff
1: there's certain times when cats clearly aren't thinking. Oh, absolutely. Same <laughs> with dogs. They're, they're staring off in the distance and you know what's going on inside their head?
0: Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> With the guys, I draw the, so I live in a place that has sliding glass doors as its only entry. And I have to keep curtains drawn over those sliding glass doors because in any lighting situation where it's brighter inside than out, they are startled by their reflections. Oh, again right. and again day after day many times in a row and that causes a bark sometimes a bunch of barking that dog's barking at me you know they just never i've I spent time waving my fingers in front of their face and then pointing to it in the thing and trying to get them to <laughs> oh, understand <yeah. laughs> can't you see <laughs> pointless they just can't it's emotion and it's the thing It whatever it is over there it's the same size and shape as somebody that shouldn't be in my turf and they just bark. They just
1: can't help them. I was playing themselves. Tomb Raider the other day, and a bunch of wolves. I got attacked by wolves, and I was, started shooting them left and right. And poor Tuke had to leave the room. <laughs> well, he got he just like I'm out of here. And that's just that's like, also classic. Yeah, he, that, that was not, he was not he is not happy. Yeah, because they're all yeah. yeah yeah yeah.
0: And that's also classic. Like the guys, if we're watching a movie, and a wolf howls, they start barking. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. that's it. Blah, blah, blah. They're really they're on the job, eh. They're just they can't help themselves. So it's fair to be fair to Mr. Haywood a whole bunch of their behavior is instinctive and it's not thought about at all. It's just complete reaction. Right. But the idea that they don't think at all is just wrong. And yeah, you're right. They they're finally picking up the pieces on that science is, sir.
1: But it's human nature whatever the scientists and we are convinced of right now. It's like obvious. And then 40 or 50 years from now, it'll be like, I cannot believe those guys thought like that back then. Oh, I think about that a lot too.
0: Remember learning in school and like elementary and junior high sort of thing that uh, primary treatments for most diseases 300 years ago was bloodletting and leeches and stuff. And you just sort of thought, oh my God, I just can't believe they thought that was, Oh yeah. what the hell was the matter with those? That's the stupid, couldn't they? That's so dumb. What do you mean they didn't know what was inside of us? How could they not know? And I just think if the human race survives for 300 more years, they're going to think about that. Think about us that way with regard to mental health, with regard to diseases. Oh, like,
1: even, even thirty, forty year yeah, cycles or.
0: Cancer. They're oh, going to think about that with cancer for sure. Yeah. All those people that just suffered and died, didn't they know all they had to do was this, that or the other that they figure out. Mm-hmm. So. You know, if it happens in our kids' lifetime, we now get to say to them, you're welcome. Sorry about the whole planet, you know, eating the whales, but for the cure stuff, you're welcome. (laughs) Rich, RJ's shaking his head. At one point, I'm going to get that. (laughs)
1: Oh, eating the whales. Do you not get that? Or you just think it's not funny? I guess Maybe. Like eating the whales is something that you would never want to do from an environmental standpoint.
0: Yeah. So we do as a, as a group planet wide, a lot of hand wringing about what we're doing to the environment. And we should, yeah. Yeah, we should, cause we are killing it. And a lot of hand wringing, what we're doing to the ocean, vast dead p- patches. The Gulf of Mexico is dead. epoxia, no oxygen, nothing producing it. Therefore nothing can live in there. Whole big stuff like that. And we go on and on and. We shouldn't be dumping plastic into the ocean because and we shouldn't be doing this. And then you start looking around and, okay, so we know all this and we've been wringing our hands over it for a long time. What exactly are we achieving that's that's slowing that all down or me? Like, do you guys remember the environmental movement when we were in high school 45 years ago, talked about global warming and environmental damage and how... The planet, you know, or they—we're talking about this in the '80s and '90s. The planet is going to be X degrees warmer 30 years from now, and that's going to cause big problems. We have to act now because these climate changes are not reversible, as far as we can understand. I can remember this being the discussion in the late '80s. In the mid-90s, it was already, it's too late. The damage is done. We will, global warming is going to start now because we've damaged the atmosphere to this extent. And it's just going to continue. And nothing we do at this point is really going to stop it. And
1: what changed? Nothing changed. No, 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 no. That's nothing. not true. You're just not. You're just not paying attention, man. So things have changed. It's just maybe what you're trying to say is they, they're just not changing fast enough,
0: or enough. Period. <laughs> yes, there's been very marginal changes made in a bunch of areas.
1: Oh, no, like big changes in certain areas, like uh, CFCs. What are those? The, the chlorofluorocarbons. Product? Yeah, they were yeah. in uh, spray bottles, like hairspray, that kind of stuff. The remember the yep, uh, lot Remember the hole in the ozone? Yeah. Serious stuff, right? Gone.
0: Yeah, I will right? say that Solve. that science appears to have really underestimated the Earth's ability to heal certain things, and that was one. They never saw that
1: coming. They didn't see that coming? That that if no. they stopped CFCs, why bother then? Well,
0: because they didn't want it to get worse. They didn't oh, want an atmosphere right, that right. was completely without it. But the, I never recall yeah. seeing anything that Don't worry, it'll heal itself if we just knock it off.
1: No, no, no. I think then no, there's definitely I mean what you're saying is, oh no, we're screwed, but I don't think so. I what I'm trying to
0: say is I don't think most of our behaviors have changed commensurate with the alarms that were raised. And as a result, well, we're recycling damages. all our
1: plastic now. No, we're not. We're mostly just dumping the it in s- the sea where nobody can see it. The size of our, no, not in BC. BC doesn't dump in the sea. Where does the recycling go? They're audited for, they were up until China stopped accepting it. They were going to China.
0: And what was happening to it in China? Well, I don't know. It was being burnt.
1: Well, this is what you're saying because of certain, like. I didn't make it up. Okay. Well. I'm then, not imagining it enough, all right, enough for that. Put it on our my, any list and I'll bring the facts with me. <laughs> not just the we're all screwed. Oh,
0: listen, get it straight. I'm I ha- have
1: emailed British Columbia recycling authorities and asked them what happens to it. And they have p- provided me with responses.
0: And what did they say then?
1: Well, I have to go back and look at it. But they, and there's been articles that have said, okay, in British Columbia, these three recycling bureaus, this is what they've done. This one was not doing it correctly. So they point at problems, right? And this is good. They're actually, yeah. so British Columbia of all the 10 provinces and other, what is it? Three territories these days, British Columbia is pretty well at the forefront. So yes, we do. We have the size of our garbage, which includes cat litter every two weeks is the size of maybe two footballs. Yeah. That's our garbage. And the rest is recycled. You're saying, well, yeah, they just dump it in the ocean. I'm saying, no, actually they don't. They're recycling techniques. Now, whether like we use the mixed plastic as well, like with Ziplocs and all that, they're actually taking it. You're probably thinking, yeah, that's just a little theater there. Uh, I'm thinking, no, they're doing their best to figure out how to recycle it. And technology keeps getting better and better and better. So, yeah.
2: I think that... Uh,
1: There's money in recycling,
2: right? Uh, that's where I want to go with uh, this conversation, is money, and it has to do with, uh, you know, they had all that cancer 40 years ago in 2020 or in the early 2000s, right? If you're in 2060, and they, how, how could they not have done that? Mm. And it's because they're being prevented from doing it by big pharma. And the same thing about cleaning up the planet. I don't think our little recycling program in bc does to the planet for the planet and nothing changes until you take the money out of oil and that's not going to happen doesn't everybody know that global warming is caused by fossil fuels is that fairly common well that doesn't change until there's no profit in oil or somehow you change the mind of the corporations and that's not happening and you can't that's, it's not going to, I don't think the future is going to say that we are stupid about not knowing what to do. It, it's that they, we were stupid as to not have the revolution. Or
0: choosing not to do it.
2: Yeah. And, and we're, we we can't, we don't seem to have a way to fight the power. like it, well, No matter what we do. And you, you're right that there are incremental, you know, CFCs or, but maybe, maybe certain people thought, oh, that is serious if, that hole gets bigger and all of a sudden everything is burning. So, and we can do that. So let's just do that. But Well there's well, a
1: car, the carbon tax is working as well. Not as much as it should. Right. But it actually has an effect. So oil is depressed. It may be the end of oil's dominance, but it might take another 30 or 40 years before it's down to where you need it to be.
2: Right. And that, and that, might and not that be should enough time. be right
1: now. Word, right. Words. Absolutely. Should be right now. Yeah. Well, it should have been 20 or 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah. And that's kind of all I was trying to get at really was the
1: idea that. But if we thought of it as truly hopeless, then that would be a big danger because then that would be uh, it's I'm not really helping. So I'm just not going to bother. Yeah. The, that, that's the, a huge danger. The
0: eat The whales joke is that. That is the eat the whales joke. Is that it is completely hopeless. So we may as well go ahead and commit eat the, the biggest moral crime I can think of, right. which is to just eat the whales because there's nothing else to eat. You know, it's it's very dark joke, but it's supposed, that's supposed to be what makes it funny. is the complete, know, I'd, I'd try a well. whale. I would a hundred. So yeah, uh, but that's,
2: it, maybe that's what it comes down to, right? Aren't aren't they saying that the the oceans are actually dying? pretty fast and people aren't really paying attention to it. That's what
0: I'm saying, yeah.
2: And that… And
0: and for all the moral hand-wringing we want to do, we are not seeing the kinds of results that are going to preserve the oceans, preserve ocean life, preserve rainforest life. So we may as well stop fooling ourselves about the moral high ground and about our concerns, our moral hand-wringing. We may as well… Stop kidding ourselves that we're actually achieving
1: anything. The moral hand-wringing has a purpose. It's not to say, oh, look at me, I'm caring. It's to say, we need to do stuff. So what you refer to as hand-wringing, I would refer to as activists who are doing the right thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the when you go, let's just stop it, then that says, oh, good, let's, we're done. Yeah. Let's not even bother trying. Yeah, no. And, I, and that's I, a losing proposition. Yeah, and I,
0: I guess what I'm doing is, more or less criticizing our inability to take the next step and support the people that are doing those protests and support the, the thinking that needs to get done
1: to change our attitude towards things. Right, but you're saying like you're a largely vegan diet. You're saying you're just doing it for your health. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, but I think that's great, and I th- I also applaud the people who are doing it for more than their health. And that that again is another example. There's a big yeah. veganism trend. Not just in the last two years, in the last three months. Yeah, no, there really like is. It's really taking off. It really is, and that has an impact. Is it too too little, too late? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But you go, know, please keep doing it. Yeah. Like and by
0: I w- all means. I'll just say, I think when we talked about that the first time, the second time, the eighth time, I know I've talked about it a lot, but one of the other kind of drivers really was the crazy imbalance over the environmental cost of raising meat to consume. And the number of calories that meat provides to us on the planet, like 80% of the agricultural land in use right now is dedicated to producing meat. And it only produces something like 12 to 14% of the overall calories. That's just a ridiculous imbalance. Yeah. It's just nuts. And we're not making more arable land. Nobody's figured out how to create arable land. So we probably need to figure out how to use it a little more effectively. And that probably means we got to knock off eating meat
1: right so we see that's going in the correct direction
0: and in support of your remark about a big trend I think when I first mentioned this I was told you guys I wasn't going to tell anybody at hockey (laughs) because I figured I'd just get mocked right out of the room for it there's at least three other guys in the room right now are on plant-based diets and for the same reasons and for this with the same level of not religious fervor like They'll take a day off and eat meat right. one day a week, but by right. and large, they're going
1: plant based. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's for the really the same reasons. Yeah, there's some environmental stuff that they would prefer to feel a little better about, but mainly they just don't want to die. Yeah, of so going
1: ninety percent plant based is way better than yeah. going. Well, I can never. I can't make it to a hundred because of social yeah. situations, so I won't bother at all. Yeah, and, so that's, uh, and
2: that's the same thing with plastic straws. people say, "Well, that, that's just." ridiculous that that's not really going to change anything but then people will say well if society just starts thinking about the idea of plastic straws and plastic bags even if one person just starts thinking about it that that's yeah that's the hopefully the snowball that that people yeah. because you know i i don't know if i've said this before but somebody said as soon as china the uh, the standard of living in china goes up All of a sudden, those people are going to want to have two eggs for breakfast every morning, and they don't have that now. And eggs are the same thing, that they eat grains and turn it into a lesser, well, not as an efficient way of using the grain, right? And as their standard of living goes up, they're able to afford those, so, so they're going to demand more, and there's going to be more, they're going to demand more meat. And so, and also because capitalism is getting into China in a certain way, the same, don't, don't we think the same thing is going to happen? That they're going to start clearing forests for land grazing so that they can raise more meat to feed the people who now have the money to buy it. And it's actually going backwards in some countries, whereas we're trying to sort of plod forward.
0: Yeah. To your point, your earlier point. Now, the the very best thing would be if if it somehow magically became a way better business proposition to go plant based exactly because until that happens like the reason that's going to happen in China is because beef and dairy are still seen as better living they're they're sort of higher end living products you know yeah I've been eating soybeans my whole life I'm sick of soybeans I want some steak. It would be really great if marketing, and I've often said in here that marketing is way, way beyond our ability to deal with. It's so sophisticated that for us, for normal people, it's pretty hard to stay ahead of the impact that marketing has on our perceptions and our wants. If you could just figure out some way to turn that sophistication, that genius, because it really is genius the way marketing works. It's unbelievably sophisticated. If you could just turn that towards stuff that was environmentally great and it has happened you know it's happened in the past it's happened with a few examples that we've talked about that would be awesome because we really do have the ability to influence thinking and behavior profoundly in marketing but the only thing that drives marketing is money
2: i think the point being is that you have to change that whole thing, is that, that money. It, I don't think it makes a whole bunch of sense if it's if it's a profitable veganism. If you can just find a way to make more money yeah. at plants, then everything yeah. will be fine. But the idea is yeah. what you want is more money. Yeah. And that, that's what's going to attract people to that, do it. And that is exactly. And, and, it's, and it's that's a, what has to change.
0: It's a pity that in the last hundred years, marketing has changed. It's the tail wagging the dog. Like when marketing started, it was a response to a known demand for things, right? Somebody somewhere knew that people wanted eggs or they wanted cars or whatever. So they put up, they started marketing and say, I got cars. Oh, I know you want cars. Baby, I got, in the last hundred years, it has reversed itself into now you're going through your day happy as a clam until you see an ad for something that is all geared to make you want it. You didn't even, you didn't even know it existed until you saw the ads. But man, now it's like, honey, sell the kids. We got to get one of those. And that's what I mean by really sophisticated and powerful. If you could turn that kind of power into the sort of, uh, I guess, socioeconomic change that we're talking about to have the planet not burst into flame, we'd be set, but how do you do it? I don't know. Maybe Elon has that answer. I'm not sure. Oh, Elon save us Elon save us If I hadn't dug ditches at Kamenko I'd have the damn answer
2: yeah that's right but you (laughs) got so so smart I
0: got I got exposed to lead my IQ dropped 40 points to like 280 or whatever it is
1: (laughs) that's a long way out on the tail of the normal curve
0: (laughs) I'll edit that that's fun Um, I won't edit the drop part but the 280 anyway
1: that was I don't know stop
2: Saying you're going to edit, you're editing all your best stuff, skin. Keep yeah, it all in.
1: Yeah. Even when you say you're going to edit, you don't bother. Half anyway. the time was, I don't. Yeah. No,
0: half the time. I do edit some of it, but uh, a lot of the stuff I think is going to go upon further review.
2: Anyway, on the same time, I'll tail, I'll, uh, dovetail out of this one into Korea, uh, just because I wanted to talk about something. In the soaps, in the K-dramas. Yeah you still watch them they are very happy and it's not just the poor people but they're very happy to get korean beef they live on p- pork bellies like they live on chicken's feet that's the that's what they like the cheap part of everything right because that's what was accessible to they didn't so it's still ingrained in that society so i don't i don't know if you've dabbled but there's a one on Netflix called "Crash Landing on You."
0: I've seen it and haven't watched it. How is that?
2: It's very entertaining. Oh, good! Very entertaining. It's I a K-drama on Netflix. Highly recommend it because it's so odd. Our our um, high class businesswoman. I'm going to wreck it for you, but no, no. You'll give probably, us the
0: synopsis. It's a high she class.
2: She goes. She's goes hang gliding, and a tornado happens, and she ends up in North Korea, and of course the first 10 episodes are pretty well, I mean, her nasty family is thinking that she's dead and trying to deal well, with her fortune back home. Right. And yeah. nobody knows. And they figure she's dead, but she's dealing with this, um, you know, border patrol guy finds her and of course falls in love with her. Well, not, not right away, but, but, but oh, we see that's all That's why the-
0: you joined the border patrol in the first place, <laughs> of course.
2: Anyway, they do a really interesting take on North Korea. And so it's South Korea. They're, they even make fun of themselves. One of the guys on the border patrol, because he's on the border, he actually can get K-dramas. Like nobody else in North Korea can, has the, inter- well.
1: But he's but, on the border, so he's so got he gets the he,
2: And he knows how society works in South Korea, so he can tell his other guys, oh yeah, this is what. And so when she comes, he has all this knowledge. But it's just funny how they portray and then, of course, our gang ends up in South Korea. And and they're, uh, it's like, did they, like they say, did they turn all these lights on for us? Like in the city.
1: Oh, right, right. Did
2: they, like, did they just, they put all these cars on the road just to, just to impress us didn't they (laughs) just because they knew we were coming or something they put all these cars on the road like who could have this many cars like all this stuff i just think it's because that
0: stuff is done in north korea
2: well i know but it's i just think it's an interesting take and i uh, and also there's a dialect like a crazy dialect that north korea has kind of stayed in since 1950 and and just the funny little ways they deal with that i mean i mean
1: that's pretty fun.
2: So have a have a little look.
1: <laughs> awesome. What's it called again?
2: Crash landing on you, or crash landing for? Crash I think it's crash on landing you. on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. And you'll see some. Did you ever watch um, Fall from the Stars? Uh, the, the alien who comes down four and he's he he ends up with our our actress four hundred years later. This guy, who's the lead of it, I thought, where, whatever happened to him? He's got this tiny little part in the show. And I go, oh, that's what happened (laughs) to him. And that's what he looks like now. (laughs) Anyway, that's the end of that story. K-drama thing. That's
1: good. Have you guys seen Succession? Nay. HBO. So we picked up the DVD. Really fun show to watch. It's, uh, Kieran Culkin actually is up for an Academy or uh, not an academy is this Macaulay's brother. Yeah. Macaulay's brother. Yeah. He played yeah, enemy, I guess. Yeah. He plays, uh, you know, a moral kind of one of the kids of the, the patriarch, the family, it's called succession because the patriarch appears to be dying. Oh, I've seen, I've seen something about this. Yeah. The Patriarch, who plays the Patriarch? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen him before, but he's a really old looking guy.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a well-known, like somebody like Christopher Plummer, who would be about 98 years old. He might be like,
1: he might be somebody who's well-known, but he's looking rough. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, he's acting that way on purpose. He's probably doing a lot better in real life, but (laughs) he's looking like, oh my God, he he does a great, like it starts with him kind of shuffling up at night and peeing on the carpet and then getting back in bed. Like they just get your interest. <laughs> like, Oh, this guy's in rough shape. But every single character in that show is just awesome. Like there's about eight key characters and the development of the characters is just fantastic.
0: So, so yeah, really is it, show. do you have to make a big investment to get into it? No. Okay. No. Nope. Cause remember we've discussed that, right? Like, yeah. And the question is always right, if you get into it right away, is it gonna burn
1: out soon? I think good music's like that. I'm not sure. Like some shows are just like right from the get go, they get you, yeah. and yet they add complexity as Which, they go.
0: And if you can do or, that, that's that's the unicorn of uh, TV series.
1: Yeah. Whereas right music there. is a one time shot. The the vinyl or the CD yeah. or the music is recorded and it's there. Yeah. And then as you listen to it, it becomes oh that's pretty simple. After a while, you're going there's not nothing to this. It's fluff. That never but, happens to me. <laughs> but with with the series, of course, they can grow the series. It can start yeah. kind of fun and not deep at all. So you can really just like, this is just fun. And then three, four or five, six episodes later, you go, holy smokes, where have they gone with this? This is quite interesting.
0: That whole question of, of story arcs, how they go, you know, somebody's pitching a series and how much effort do they spend developing how that series will unfold before they pitch it? You know, do they pitch it just hoping to God they'll get a year? If we get a year, we'll worry about it later. Or do they invest all that effort to say, this is our five-year plan? Yeah, yeah. That whole thing's really fascinating to me because you know that
1: happens, right? It does. Like they they sometimes have a five-year arc. They know kind of like uh, the Harry Potter books had an ending kind of in mind. But other times, really amazing shows, it's only three episodes before the final episode where the showrunner and the main writer are going, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And, and they had no vision for it. Yeah. And yeah. yet it's still a good show. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's,
0: I just love that kind of stuff. Trying to figure out those kind of things. Cause you watch these, these many episode series and you know, it's a really common experience. First year's great. Second year, so, so third year sucks. And then it's over. And then there's other ones where they do a five year run and every one of the five years is awesome. And everybody's all sad when it's over. Right. I just, I really like it. I like trying to figure out. I'll make, what another,
1: must make another pitch here for uh Netflix show called sex education. Jeez. One of my kids was just watching that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is it any, good? it's obviously it's good. He wouldn't be pitching. It's amazingly. What's, what's good,
1: the yeah. story? Yeah. Well, it, uh, we got Jillian Anderson uh, playing and she's an awesome actor. You did mention this. Last yeah. time. Well, yeah. I probably, and, <laughs> and she
0: gets to use her actual accent.
1: Yeah.
2: That's and, right. That's right. Yeah. That was the last time.
1: Yeah. Okay. We it's okay. It's okay to repeat it, the though. pitch. Let's do it all over again. No. But yeah. Repeat the pitch. Cause. Well, basically she, uh, is a, is a sex therapist, but it's not, she's not the main character. The main character is her son and her son is in high school. And I think he's fairly young. Like I think in the first season he's 15 and the second he's 16. And by accident people, he re, he's absorbed a lot from his mother. So he becomes uh, Ah, sex advice for hire in the school. Right. So anyway, I probably talked about, there are cringy moments in this show. Cringy in the sense of, uh, not so much that they're talking about sex. That's done fairly well. Some cringy moments in the sense that somebody who's obviously bad for another person You're going, don't go for that. Yeah. Don't. No, 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 no. He was bullying you the full last two years. Why would you be interested in him? There are those kind of cringy things, but boy, the payoffs are great in that series as, especially the end of season two, there's been two seasons now. It just all comes together so nicely.
0: Well, I'm going to talk to my 18 year old. Who's the one who's watching it. Do that. I'm
1: a a little embarrassed as a 63 year old to be watching it because it's like teenagers, right? But on the other hand, it's just a fantastically done show. Yeah, a story
0: is a story is a story. And I one mean.
1: of the and some two of the characters are older, right? Yeah. And one of the characters I love because he's the European love interest of Gillian Anderson. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and he's just classic European male. He carries that air of superiority around with him, and is it's in his accent and everything. He's truly a wonderful guy though, and he's just a great actor. Like. Like, really fun to watch this guy and Jillian uh, Anderson do their interplay. Great, great show. Maybe you can cut my entire segment from the last episode and just include this one.
2: How it's many good. episodes in a season of something like that? Oh, I think 12, it's 10?
1: 10 or 12 usually. It's British, so you would think that would be less, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 10 so maybe 10.
2: Yeah.
1: Check. Succession has 10.
0: Speaking of that, have you guys since the letter we had from Lee of Courtney telling us that Wanted Dead or Alive did 94 episodes in three years. Have either of you guys found yourself shaking your heads over that? Like several times since we heard that, you know, we've, we've talked about a dram K-dram. We've talked about this show that we just mentioned, Sex Education. We talked about how many episodes <laughs> there's like 10 in a whole season. I just don't know how the hell you could do 93 episodes of anything in three years. Like, holy, yeah, it's mackerel, amazing. that's a
1: lot. Because there was the summer vacation. And other than that, every, they, they recorded an episode every week. Every week. I mean, yeah. he must've just lived on set. All of them must've
0: just, I just can't even imagine. Like, Well, there probably
2: weren't any kind of regulations like there are these days too, right? No. You could work the actors for.
1: That's yeah. true. But they and, must have just. And oh I my imagine God. they did not do take after take after take. You <laughs> no. right you probably yeah. wanted to
0: have your lines pretty much in hand just day after. In fact, <laughs> you could argue that memorizing was the major attribute for a TV actor in the early '60s. If you could memorize, man, we
1: got work for you. Cause I told you guys that I've been watching the rifleman yeah. not fast enough. And the episodes keep piling in there and Sue commented, you're going to keep all those rifleman episodes in there. <laughs> There's 51. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not going to watch 51 episodes.
0: Like the first time I became aware of episodes, I believe they were 13 week chunks and that was half a season was a 13 week chunk. So 26 weeks was a full season because they always had summer, in- summer, summer. Did you, programming. did right?
1: you guys get the excitement in August? The, the, the episode, it was either the first, the first issue of September or the last issue of August of TV guide and oh, everything, all we the never, new sees. all the new shows starting. No, I, we never got TV guide oh, in my house when I was a kid. We oh, just didn't man, get it. And I used to pull it out, open it and read every single article. Just get so excited about the new seasons coming, the no, new shows. We just didn't get TV guide.
0: Did you, KJ, did you get TV Guide in your house?
2: At some point, yeah, but. I bought it myself. I wasn't a nerd.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe with mom's money. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I mean. (laughs) Because I'd want it, right? The only. And I I knew exactly when it was coming out every week. And I get on my little bike is on Tuesday and it would start, what, Friday night was the first. And then I'd get on my little bike and ride to the store and buy a copy and bring it back home. And then I'd go through the entire listings and circle what I wanted to watch for the week.
2: Oh, that's right. I I thought for some reason that maybe we delivered the tra- like it was a part of the Trail Times or something. But the Trail Times had their own. Oh, well, they listings.
0: Had, yeah, they had a TV listings insert. In that would be the, called the newspaper the TV Times.
2: Yeah,
1: was what it was called down here? It might've been called something similar in trail. But, but it's an insert
2: for the whole week's program. Yeah. yeah but co- the size of the newspaper, it wasn't. It, not
1: quite, but sort of. Yeah. yeah it wasn't it, the TV Guide. It was like a color magazine did, about yeah. 20 pages long. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Did, 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 was, was TV Guide delivered? Like,
1: you could have it delivered, uh, but most people would pick it up at the supermarket and yeah, the checkout yeah, line. It'd be yeah. right there. Yeah. We just didn't have it. The only analogy I have for that is the Eaton's catalog. It blows me away that there's still TV listings in the newspaper and there's Shaw, like it says Shaw. And so you get all the Shaw channels because I think the majority of people still probably have Shaw instead of Telus. I don't really know. Yeah, but I don't, I don't understand. This is selling to the age 70 demographic and up, right? That <laughs> still can't figure out the damn guide. Uh, I don't but, know. You, you really got to figure. But that. go to their like Friday paper and they yeah. keep it open it up and go find, okay, now what channel is it? And they punch in the channel numbers. <laughs> they never turn it off because they can't figure out how to get the thing back on. <laughs>
0: okay. That's a step too far. <laughs> You're always after me about that's a step too far. Okay. That's not so. But oh, it just amazes brisky, me. the like, TV's huh? off. I'm going to have to call my daughter <laughs> how in Florida. I can see instructions. How does the
1: go? newspaper, I'm just curious as to what, what does Shaw pay for those listings? Or does the Vancouver Sun believe that this just gets more advertisers and raters?
0: I I, I mean, the whole business model for newspapers is a giant mystery to me at this point. I I think you guys get the newspaper, don't you, at your house? We do. Yes. So the whole thing, like it's a mystery. Newspapers, how they get their information, what reporters still work for newspapers as opposed to, sort of conglomerated news agencies that sell to newspapers. The whole thing is a giant mystery to me. I I don't know how the hell they stay in
1: business. Not so much for me because I listen to Canada land and they're a, they're a media critic podcast. So, so they talk frequently about newspapers. They're incensed. And I am too at the Trudeau government, just throwing money at newspapers, (laughs) like as if they're an institution that needs to be preserved. Is that happening? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what was it, $600 million or something a year? Like it's a very large amount of money every year. It started last year and it's basically, they had to make decisions. Okay, we're going to support post media. That's brutal. Oh yeah, and post media is like this right-wing heavy business organization that is hateful of liberals and, or of of left-wingers, which is different from liberals. Yeah, totally is, yeah. But uh, the small liberals. Could, and yeah, and, You can fly a lot of food up to the territories for 600 million bucks. There's a lot you can do with that 600 million and I th- I kind of think it's a uh, let the market decide is a little bit better approach on that particular one.
0: Well, particularly because that horse left the barn. Mm-hmm. The market has decided long since that uh, first off media got controlled by very few different companies or people. As soon as you lose control of what's appearing in media in terms of you now got the trail times, you don't have guys out you know, going to Ottawa to listen to the debate in parliament, you're just pulling that feed from someplace
1: and Absolutely. they're all doing it right. They all do it. Yeah. So you started by saying you don't know much about what's going on. You clearly do. This is, this is what's happening in the newspaper industry, downsizing staff yeah. laid off wave after wave of layoff paying freelancers very yeah. little. And then, so the freelancers, they like writing and they're excited. So they go to work for it, but it's not, there's not a lot of money involved well, I guess what I
0: meant by that is I, I, given all that you just said, I still don't know how they stay in business. I really oh, how
1: do they, oh, how does I, that work? How does that make money? I just can't yeah, figure it out. Yeah, well, yeah, because they're just paying, playing, paying less and less for their content. Yeah. And, and getting more and more advertising uh, in yes. on the online services.
0: We should shout out that Canada Land podcast though. That was, that thing's, I only listened to one episode and you've mentioned it a couple of times over the last couple of years where I have gone and listened to something It's pretty good. It's real good. Yeah. Media criticism.
1: I don't always agree with what they say or what their guests say, but it's always really interesting. Yeah.
0: The one that you had me listen to last time had the, one of the clearest little segments on, uh, (laughs) you
1: know, like. On coronavirus.
0: Well, on coronavirus and also on, like we've discussed on here, white fragility and why is everybody so mad and. You know, and somewhere in my little uh, social media travels, I've seen remarks about, could we please stop referring to ceded and unceded lands? You know, everybody has just become sort of fashionable to make a little speech at the beginning of any public gathering to say, we'd like to acknowledge that we're having this meeting on unceded land that belongs to the Slawtooth Nation or something like that, right? It's become very sort of the thing to do yeah it was almost regulated or something i, thought. I don't know but i've seen i've seen uh, some posts suggesting that that's a destructive uh and a colonialist approach and the reason for it is apparently and this was on this canada land thing the reason that that's considered that is when those agreements were being made to cede territory they, the Canada land guys were unable to find any indigenous language that had a word for seeded in it. In other words, the people that were making those agreements at that time were not giving that land away for eternity for the exclusive use of other people. They were agreeing to share its use, basically. That's as close as they could come to the, the European concept of seeding. So when you look at those agreements, they were, and and it is also true to say a lot of those agreements were signed under duress. Like, okay, sure, we'll give you food here in the res, but you got to sign away that good part first. That kind of stuff, pretty common. Yeah, if I was a member of those groups, I would probably be carrying a lot of anger too. But I just, that podcast, I just, there was really good work on the coronavirus. And then as it added additional extra bonus plus... There's this little thing on seated and unseated. Actually, I didn't see that coming. The whole thing's really good. Canada land out there, listeners, if if by some unimaginable chance, we weren't enough for you, <laughs> I don't really see that happening. But yeah. you know, if you wanted to change for some reason, if you wanted to just appreciate the quality of our content a little more, listen to some other guys. Canada land would be a good start. And I think that must be just about all we've got, boys, isn't it?
2: Anybody? Anything else you want to say? I should have had that cup of coffee, obviously.
0: Oh, I see you feeling a little fadey.
2: Oof. I'll just all of a sudden do.
0: Ah, sugar. It's the sugar cliff. But I believe, boys, I believe that that was the end. (laughs) Nice. So, okay, we're at the end. And if any of you out there are feeling artistic and creative and you'd love to see a Shed Dogs t-shirt made available for you, send us a design. Take a picture of the design you put on it. Send it to us. We'll put it up on the website and that'll get more people looking at the website. We'd like that too. If you're not doing that, just take care of yourselves and enjoy the podcast and life in general. And we'll catch up to you again soon.